This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. We are very excited because today, this is our very first Cleveland Sports Podcast. It's going to be a weekly show. Brady and Darius are going to talk about Cleveland sports, you know, like the Indians, the Browns, and a basketball team we like to call the Cavaliers. So stay tuned. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. This is a Cleveland Sports Show with Brady and Darius. I am Brady Hamilton. And today we're going to be talking about different topics going around Cleveland sports so far today. On today's show, we're going to be talking about how the Cleveland Browns improved during the offseason and how the Cleveland Indians have been doing as of late. And then for most of the show, we will be talking about how the Cleveland Cavaliers have been doing in this year's playoffs. So to start off, the Cleveland Browns had a pretty good draft in April this year as they drafted Denzel Ward and Baker Mayfield with their first-round picks, which would improve their team more. The Cleveland Browns are still trying to find a quarterback for their franchise. The Cleveland Browns are coming off an 0-16 season, and in the past two years, they have been 1-31 under head coach Hugh Jackson. The Cleveland Browns have made many key additions in the offseason to improve the offense and the defense, and this season should be an exciting one coming up. The Cleveland Indians have been struggling late in games, especially with the bullpen, as they have been having trouble finishing games and holding leads for the offense. The starting pitching has been good, but the bullpen needs to step up to finish the games for them. Now we're going to be talking about how the Cavaliers have been doing in this year's playoffs so far. Darius, how do you think they have been doing? Well, they do have one thing to be thankful for, and that's LeBron James. They would, let's be very honest here, this series would not be going to a seventh game if LeBron James did not put up the 46 points that he did last night. He shot 17 of 33 from the field, 5 for 7 on threes. He grabbed 11 rebounds and had 9 assists. This was another example of another Herculean performance by LeBron James in these playoffs alone. Additionally, you have the supporting cast of the Cleveland Cavaliers who showed up to play last night. George Hill put in 20 points, Jordan Clarkson, I think was the best, and he's actually performed as the best aspect of the trade that they made in February. Larry Nance had some great rebounds and some putbacks, and Rodney Hood just didn't play at all. Rodney Hood has definitely been the most disappointing um, player from the trade that we had in February. Um, after that one game in Boston, the first game that they had on February 11th, where it was 121 to 99. Every one of those four players who played in Boston showed up. Um, it's not been the case as the season has gone on. Um, game seven, we'll see what happens with the bench. I think that they will not show up to play. Uh, LeBron will have to carry the team as he always does on the road. They're three and five on the road this season, in this postseason. And I think it will be three and six, and Boston will win the Eastern Conference. Just LeBron just cannot carry all of that pressure, especially on the road. I like what you're saying about how we're thankful for LeBron James. He tied Michael Jordan last night for the most 40-point games in a playoff year. So far this year, he has seven 40-point games in the playoffs. And for me, that's like truly greatness to watch. And I'm really amazed to why I'm able to witness while he's still playing. 
And I really think that the Cavs bench really needs to step up in Game 7 if they want a chance to move on to the NBA Finals. I think this bench has been inconsistent the whole season throughout the playoffs. And I think they really only show out at home. But after last night's win, I think they will come out with energy at the TD Garden and put on a good fight with Boston Celtics. The only problem that I have about that is will they bring an injury? Don't forget, Game 5, they had just come off two blowout victories in Games 3 and 4. And then they went back to Boston and just completely blew it. They lost by 13 points, and LeBron looked exhausted. Everyone else looked exhausted. J.R. Smith was horrible, uh, as he's been he's the definition of inconsistency. He's a great shooter when he's hot and he's ready to go. Um, that's not been the case in any of these games. He hasn't had any double-digit games in this series, and I don't think that he will be able to survive under the pressure tomorrow. And he's a huge aspect because he is their starting shooting guard. So with J.R. Smith, I feel like he's been inconsistent throughout the playoffs. Um, I feel like he's been trying hard, but I think for this round, the Boston defense has really got to him. And they have a really good defense. And at home, they're very tough to beat. Um, they're undefeated at home in the postseason. So going into Game 7, I think you have to have the right mindset into beating that team at home in Game 7. And I, I really think that um, J.R. Smith needs to show up big time tomorrow night because we really need him. And to point off of your Game 7 in Boston, that's what the Celtics fans live for. And throughout their history, they've been one of the most respected teams in the league, one of the most successful teams. And no other team in the NBA has experienced a Game 7, has the experience of a Game 7 like Boston does. So you have that along with the stingy defense that you talked about that Brad Stevens has incorporated with this team. And then you talk about J.R. Smith. The problem I see, if J.R. Smith doesn't show up, who else who else comes into play? I think Kyle Korver honestly should get the starting because uh should get the starting shooting guard position for tomorrow because he's been playing much better and he's not been getting as many minutes. Jeff Green had a good game yesterday, but I think he's just been getting a little too many too much minutes, uh, especially because of his inconsistency in Boston during the series. And to talk about Jeff Green, I do like his aggressiveness in game six after Kevin Love got taken out of the game, and he went concussion protocol. And with Kevin Love, I really think that we need him to be available for tomorrow night to have a chance because I think after LeBron, he's probably our best player, but since the injury he had earlier this season, he's been pretty inconsistent in my opinion. But I feel like he's been warming up as of late, definitely in the last two rounds of the playoffs. So I hope He's be able. He's he will be able to go tomorrow. Well, what do you what do you predict tomorrow? I think it will be close. I think the Celtics will eventually pull away and then win win the game. But what are you, what are your predictions? My prediction is that Boston will win the game. Um, I'm pretty confident that the Cavs will make it close, but I don't know if they'll be able to finish in Boston. Definitely late in the second half. Um, I think that's where we struggled on the road. Definitely in the playoffs. 
late in the second half, we struggled keeping our keeping up the pace, and I think we've been struggling a lot in the second half in the playoffs. But I predict Boston wins by ten. But I really hope that doesn't happen. And think about tomorrow if we do lose. I keep thinking about in twenty in the twenty ten playoffs. LeBron's last game with the Cavaliers was in Boston. So I'm hoping that's not a repeat of what's going to happen. I honestly think that if this is his last game with the Cavaliers, um, it should be. Because you have to ask yourself, why should LeBron stay? He's given the championship to this city. What more, and of course the countless foundations that he organizes to help around in this community... What more could you ask of him? Um, Stephen A. Smith of ESPN even said this. He owes, he owes them nothing. Um, we, we've been talking about this as well via text. Where, where should LeBron go? You think Philadelphia, I think Houston. Either of those cities work. The only one that does not work is the possibility of joining the Los Angeles Lakers. That's honestly joining, having the equivalent of what he has now. Just a bunch of young players who are inconsistent. Don't forget, they've already given up Clarkson and Nance. You're going back with Isaiah Thomas, and that didn't work out in the first place here in Cleveland. Um, especially, and also, with Houston, you have, look what the Houston Rockets are doing right now with the Golden State Warriors. They're up 3-2. to two. They have a chance to close out the series tonight. I don't think they will. I think it'll have to go to a Game 7 on Monday. But they have a huge chance to close it out tonight and represent the West in the NBA Finals. If you add LeBron James to the Houston Rockets with James Harden, with Chris Paul, and you barely have to give up anything because he's signing with you, that's an unbeatable team. That's the new Warriors of the West. It's unstoppable. Even the Warriors would not be able to compete with them. The problem I see with the Philadelphia 76ers is because they're so young, they have to develop. And LeBron James has already spent 15 years in this league, and this will be his 16th season coming up. He doesn't have time for players like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons to improve. He needs to play with experience, and Houston has more experience than Philadelphia, especially with Chris Paul and James Harden, who I think is the league MVP, although he didn't play very well in Game 5. I think that he is the league MVP. He hasn't earned that reward in these past few years. He's come up short. I think this is finally his breakout year. I like what you said about LeBron joining the Lakers. I think it would be a terrible decision if he did do that. Um, I think it will be a repeat of the season, probably even worse for him. Um, I think this year, this is the worst supporting cast he's had in his career. I mean, I I can't believe how far he made it this into the playoffs with this supporting cast. So inconsistent. Um, can't count on them night in, night out. There isn't really a number two star guy on our team because Kevin Love has been inconsistent. I really think the Kyrie trade messed us up big time last year. I think Kyrie was a big help for us and I think we're really missing him, and this playoff shows how much we miss him. 
But if you think about it in the Celtics' perspective when they received Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, look how much they've improved. When their roster was finalized for the beginning of the season, I honestly thought a lot of people thought that they would be the number one team in the East as they were a year ago. They wouldn't be blitzed in the Eastern Conference Finals by the Cavaliers. And if you think about it, this Celtics team is not fully healthy. The one that we're facing right now, the one that the Celtics team that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going seven games with, that's not a fully loaded Celtics team. They still have Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. You put them with this team, plus the other couple of role players like Shane Larkin and Daniel Tice who are out, who've been playing well. You put that in, that's a phenomenal all-together team. In fact, I was watching a podcast yesterday where they were talking where someone was talking about um, how the Celtics are probably one of the best full teams in the NBA. Because if you think about it, the Warriors only have four star players: just Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. Outside of that, we've seen, especially towards the end of this regular season, that they're barely a twenty win team. They're under five hundred. Um, so if you think about it, the Celtics are known for making these great moves, these great trades. They're not afraid. Um, they tr- had Jason Tatum this year in the draft that they chose for the third overall pick. And the process in Boston is is clearly working. Yes, I totally agree what what you have just said. On their great young team, very aggressive. And I think they have a great coach in Brad Stevens. I think Boston made the right move bringing him in as head coach, and it's really been showing definitely this year. And next year when the, when Kyrie Irving, Gordon, Hayward come back from injury, I really think that they will be the favorites to win the NBA Finals. And I, I'm just curious um, on how Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward will play together in the first full season together, how Brad Stevens will fix that starting lineup so that it could work. I mean, they had a phenomenal preseason. They had they only had four games in this 2017 in the 2017 preseason. They had four games. They won all four, pretty convincingly. So, as well as the chemistry, especially if off the court chemistry that they can create, with what you had in the preseason, and with the couple minutes you had in the first game of the regular season, as as well as this off this upcoming off season, the chemistry is de- like you said, the chemistry is definitely there. For this young team. Yeah, I totally agree. What do you think about Kevin Love's play so far this postseason? Like you said, very inconsistent. I honestly have not seen one breakout game for Kevin Love. And I don't expect to see one tomorrow, especially the fact if he even plays coming off that concussion that he had with Jason Tatum yesterday. But you can see that, that the trade with Kyrie Irving has clearly the Cavs, especially because Kyrie Irving was their second-plus player. Kevin Love did not have as much responsibility as he does now. He's not performing up to those responsibilities. I mean, if you think about it, he's LeBron's right-hand man. If LeBron doesn't have a great game, the guy who needs to show up is Kevin Love. And unfortunately, that's not been the case. I mean, you think about game one of this series, LeBron James only had 15 points, Kevin Love had 17 points, and they lost by 25. Therefore, Kevin Love, to me, has not had a breakout game in this postseason yet, and I don't expect him 
to have one, especially coming off the injury that he had yes, last night. I totally agree. And with Kevin Love being inconsistent, I really want to see who's going to be stepping up tomorrow night. Kyle Corver has had good games throughout the playoffs, but he has not been consistent. Jeff Green has been aggressive in the playoffs on defense, but he has not showed on offense. Um, Tristan Thompson, he missed a lot of the first round, and he's good at, on defense, but I think his offensive struggles really hurt us. In my opinion, I think Larry Nance should start over Tristan Thompson, because I think what I've seen that so far this round, definitely last night, Larry Nance is really more confident than Tristan Thompson and more aggressive. And I think he wants it more. To back off your point about Kyle Korver, I think he's actually been probably one of the more consistent players in this series. The problem is that Teron Lue is not giving him enough minutes. J.R. Smith, who's been the definition of inconsistency for this season, is getting more minutes than Kyle Korver, which I think is just unacceptable, especially with the way you compare the two players playing. Um... About your point of Larry Nance Jr. and Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance Jr. is not, he can rebound, but Tristan Thompson's a better rebounder, I'll be very honest with you, especially when we saw him last, or sorry, the year they won the championship, the Cavs, what a beast on the board that Tristan Thompson was. I haven't really seen Larry Nance be an aggressive rebounder. He's great coming off the bench, he provides that energy spark. I just don't think that he has the playoff experience or the finals experience that Tristan Thompson has. And if you put Tristan Thompson in there, you know that generally you should be getting rebounds and putbacks and second chance points. That's really not the case. I haven't seen so far with Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, I agree with that. With Tristan Thompson back in the finals, I think he was a big reason why we won that game seven. Um, to talk about Tyron Lue not playing Kyle Korver enough, I agree with that. I think Kyle Korver definitely needs to be on the court a lot more in the game. I think he's a true veteran showing his full potential this postseason. Definitely was shooting the three ball. I think he's probably the best three-point shooter on our team that we have. And... I think his defense has been showing up, and I think he's definitely a lot better option to start than J.R. Smith. If the Cavs do lose tomorrow um, and their season's over, what do you think LeBron James should do this offseason? Should he stay? Should he go? If he does go, where should he? Um, In my opinion, I think he should actually leave unless we fix his roster. Like I said before, I think this is the worst supporting cast he's had. And if I him, I want to win while he still can, while he's still in this league. And I want to win rings if I was him. So I think the best two options for him would be Houston or Philadelphia. In my opinion, I think he would choose Philadelphia because I think it would be an easier road to the finals in the East for him if he goes there. Because I think if he goes to Houston, I think it would be a very close matchup in the playoffs between Houston and Golden State. But I think I do think that Golden State could beat Houston still. 
because they have Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and Clay Thompson. The Rockets have Chris Paul, who's still getting older. But they do have James Harden, and they would have LeBron James if he decided to go to Houston. You don't forget the bench players with Rockets aren't they aren't just a mediocre bench. They're don't forget Clinton Capella, who's their starting center, has had the best season of his career. And then Eric Gordon, who's a three point sniper, can shoot it anywhere. If you saw him in Game Five um, against the Warriors in their last game, he was a huge reason to why they won that game. So if you take their bench and their starting five, that's definitely in grasp of defeating Golden State, if not already defeating Golden State, because the Rockets are up 3-2 on them now. And if you add LeBron to that, it could be Rockets in five or six games. Yeah, I like what you said about their bench. I really do like Houston's bench better than Philadelphia's bench. I think they're more, they have more experience than Philadelphia bench. I think Philadelphia is still a really young team, but with the addition of LeBron, I think They'll be even better than they were this year with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I think LeBron will teach them how to improve a lot and have a big impact on them. I really think that with LeBron and Philadelphia, they would be the definitely the favorites coming out of the East. But if LeBron does leave, I wonder how the Cavaliers will turn out to be in the next few years. Well, if LeBron does leave, the Cavaliers will just be the way they were when he left them in the first place. Just a mediocre, under 500 team, wins a maximum of 30 games every season. Uh, your point about him joining Philadelphia is valid. I would not mind seeing him join Philadelphia because they would definitely be the favorites in the East. The only obstacle that the Philadelphia 76ers would have if LeBron joined them would be the team that we were talking about earlier, the Celtics, who would be the second-best team in the East. The Raptors are not even questionable anymore because they've obviously shown that they can't perform when it's really when the stakes are at most high, especially because I'm just shocked that they fired their head coach, Dwayne Casey. He, he was, did not seem like the problem at all. The problem seemed like it was DeMar DeRozan, especially in his performance against the Cavaliers in this postseason. Uh, to go back to Philadelphia, the Celtics would be their only obstacle. The only thing is, though, is that in the West, who could beat the Rockets? Who would have a chance to beat the Rockets if LeBron joined them other than the Warriors? And that's just to have a chance. There's really no one else. The Thunder are going to split apart. I don't see Paul George staying there. Camelo Anthony's most likely going to retire after the season he's had which leaves them just with Russell Westbrook again. Um, no, the OKC Thunder were the really the only, probably the third best team this season in the West at the beginning of the season. That's what we predicted them to be, just with all the superstars that they had and acquired. But it turned out the Indiana Pacers, who made more of the trades, who made the majority of the trades with them in this offseason, they had the better season, if you really look at it. They took the Cavaliers all the way to seven games. A lot of people think, thought they would actually win that series. Uh, to go back on the Houston Rockets point, though, there's no other team in the Western Conference except Golden State who actually has a legitimate chance to defeat them. I agree. And going back to when you were talking about the Thunder, where do you think Paul George would go this summer? If I were Paul George, Los Angeles is out of the question. 
because there's just no experience. Paul George should probably go to some team in the East. I'm thinking possibly the 76ers. He could join the Celtics, and then the Celtics would basically have a big four like Golden State. They would have Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, plus Al Horford, who's just been tremendous and the veteran leader in these playoffs. And then you add Paul George to the mix. I think that's a phenomenal start starting four of the five. And then you have someone like Jalen Brown coming in to give you a starting five. That's one of the best lineups in the NBA you could have. So I think the Celtics definitely would work. Philadelphia 76ers uh, is, another, is another valid option because if you have Joel Embiid and Paul George together with Ben Simmons... They have to. The Philadelphia 76ers need to find a way to keep J.J. Redick low, their all-star shooting guard, because he is one of the best shooters in the entire league, and he proved it once more this season. And I think if you put Paul George on a Philadelphia 76ers team, or I think would even be a better option is the Boston Celtics because of just the chemistry they have, and then you add Paul George to that, I think those are Paul... George's best two options. The Lakers, I don't see why everyone wants to go to the Lakers because if you really look at them on the inside, they're not a playoff team. Yeah, I agree. I don't get why everybody sees LeBron and Paul George going to the Lakers this summer. But if that did happen, I think it would be pretty interesting to see what happens. But I don't think they would go far at all in the playoffs. Just two stars and a bunch of mediocre players who are inconsistent. Yeah, I would not, if I was either Paul George or LeBron James, I would not even think about going to L.A. I wouldn't even go to the Clippers either, not just not Los Angeles at all, because the Clippers are a dying franchise, I think. They lost Chris Paul, now they've lost Blake Griffin. So, especially this, they're both within these seasons. I think they're slowly declining, and it'll eventually be where they're going to have to be a team like the Phoenix Suns, where they're just tanking all the time. The Bulls had to go through that process this year as well. Yeah, I agree. I don't see the Clippers being a good option either. I actually do see the Lakers improving though this season, but not enough where they could convince Paul George or LeBron James to come sign with them in this offseason. And we're making all these assumptions about what these players are going to do, but we still have to wait to see what happens tomorrow night for Game 7. That's absolutely right. I think tomorrow night could either go one of two ways. I think it could go really good, and the Cavaliers will move on to the NBA Finals to face Houston or Golden State. Or the second option is a complete disaster. The Cavs lose, and when the game is over, all the Cleveland fans are going to be thinking, was this... What's tonight's game the last time we ever saw see LeBron James in a Cavaliers uniform? And to go off that point about um, LeBron James, if, you, if the Cavaliers do win and then go on to the NBA Finals, chances are they're not going to win. Whoever wins, if the Cavaliers win the Eastern Conference, whoever wins the Western Conference is going to beat the Cavs, especially if it's the Warriors. And if you think... And if LeBron loses again this season, he'll have six NBA Finals losses on his resume. Just in terms of a LeBron James fan, not a Cavs fan. In terms of a LeBron James fan, and we compare him to Michael Jordan all the time, it would look 
horrible for him to have six losses, especially with all the work he puts in, with all the players who are so inconsistent that he has around him. It just would not be fair to him to have another NBA Finals loss because of the lack of supporting cast he has around him. It was the same case last year. He just didn't have enough. It was just he and Kyrie primarily who were doing everything against the Warriors and just didn't work. I agree. And going back to when you say whoever wins the West is going to win the finals, I completely disagree with that. I actually think if the Cavs do make it, they actually do have a good chance to beat Houston. I think that Houston will eventually fall apart in the NBA Finals, no matter who they face, Boston or Cleveland. And I think both Boston and Cleveland do have the potential to beat Houston. But I agree with you when you say Golden State is going to win the Finals against the Cavs. I do agree with that. I don't think that the Cavs definitely have enough to stop those four All-Stars. Um, I don't think Tyron Lue has the coaching ability to out-coach Stephen Kerr. And I just think it would be a bad NBA Finals to watch if the Cavs did play Golden State for the fourth year in a row. Well, to back off your, to come off your point of uh, the whoever's in the West wins the Finals, that's only if the Cavs make the Finals. Now, if the Celtics make the Finals, that's a completely different story. The Celtics win the finals. It's all for one, one for all. If the Cavs make it, though, do you really think this inconsistent Cavs team can beat James Harden and Chris Paul with the three-point shooting that Houston has? The Houston Rockets also can defend what the Cleveland Cavaliers cannot. Uh, I think the Houston Rockets would easily beat the Cavaliers in a maximum of five games. Um... Now, if it's the Celtics, it really can go either way. Uh, because we know that we, everyone's always been doubting on the Celtics, especially in this postseason, and they've always they've always won. They've always proved proved everyone wrong. But if it's the Cavs, how can they beat either the Rockets or the Warriors? They lost all their regular season matchups against both of these teams this season. I don't I don't see any other result. They could even possibly get swept if the Rockets just have an off night or the Warriors. I agree with what you're saying, but the inconsistency with the Cavs and their bench and the supporting cast. But if Houston does make it out of the West, you have to think about Chris Paul's injury and how that impacts him. Without Chris Paul at 100%, I don't see Houston winning the finals. And I think with Boston... I think it's like 50-50 up in the air on if they could beat Houston or Golden State. I think they're a very young team, but they are aggressive. They're very good on defense. They have a good coach. But if they had Kyrie Irving or Gordon Hayward, one of those two, I think they would definitely win the finals, no doubt about it. But I'm excited to see them in the finals if they do, in fact, win. If the Celtics win the whole thing, you just have to think that was without their all stars. So if you put the all stars back in there, as long as, as well as with the other rotations, that's a, that's a that's a championship formula team. I totally agree with that. So with today's recap, I think with all the assumptions that we made with LeBron James and the free agency this summer, 
we still have a game seven to watch tomorrow night. And I'm excited to watch it and see what's to come in, in the next week before our next show. Do you have any last thoughts? I just wanted to thank you for letting me on the show today. It was uh, really fun to talk about all a lot of the excitement of the NBA playoffs. Uh, like you said, a lot of tensions tomorrow building up for Game 7. I think the Celtics will be victorious. I agree, and we will see the final outcome. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Sports Show with Brady and Darius. We will see you next week.